Welcome to Coach Bennett's Podcast, where every run has a purpose, where kindness is hardcore, where this is about running, and this is not about running, where every starting line is a finish line in disguise, where rambling still gets you where you need to be, where pineapple will never ruin your pizza, and the sodas, adult and not adult kind, are always cold, and where there is room on the starting line for everybody. I'm Coach Bennett. Thank you for letting me be a part of your day. Let's get started. Welcome to episode 30 of Coach Bennett's podcast, which also is the last podcast of the year for Coach Bennett's podcast. That's right. We're wrapping up our first calendar year with the 30th episode. And this one is all about how to start the new year running. That's right how to start the new year running. Now, I just want you to know, you can add a word to the name of this episode. It could be how to start the new year running, period. That's it, nothing else, just how to start the new year running. It could be how to start the new year running better, how to start the new year running more consistently, how to start the new year running smarter. It's entirely up to you, which is what the best part about this is, because one, I'm just going to be telling you how to start the new year running, but it works for any of it. Whatever your goal is, whatever vibe you want to go with your running, whatever you want to add as in a positive way to your running, this all works. It's a good one. It's a great one. I've kind of been looking forward to this since like episode one, because I knew at the end of the year, we were going to talk about this. Why? Well, because so many of you have been just crowding up the dms uh and the letters talking about the new year what what happens every year and you know this this isn't you know a, a news flash for anyone listening we put a lot of pressure on the start of a new year and and i think there's a couple reasons why i think it's it's an excuse to not start anything at the end of the year we're like you know what we're gonna park this great idea till January 1st. We're going to wait until the calendar flips and then we're going to make all these changes and my life's going to be better. And it's just easier to do that because there's like a nice, fresh, clean slate. Like it's a new year. Now it makes really very little sense because why why wouldn't you start at like the end of November if you had the idea or the beginning of December? But I operate in the same way. I come up with all sorts of excuses for why I'm going to wait and I get like the whole clean start and it's a new calendar and all that good stuff and a new year and it's one one of a different year and oh it's so great and you know we have new year's resolutions which by the way is a great exercise I think it's a fantastic exercise you know like sitting down with yourself and asking yourself questions like what's important to me um, what what challenges do I want to take on? What adventures or journeys do I want to start? What goals do I want to set? Um, what goals do I want to get rid of? What's not important to me anymore? You know, what do I want to leave behind? Or what what goals did I set in 2023 that I want to carry through to 2024? What goals do I want to let go of? Like, this is a really great conversation. So I feel like I'm bashing a little bit on New Year's resolutions, but I'm really not. I'm just saying you don't have to wait to January 1st to start them. You know what I mean? I mean, New Year's resolutions is a great exercise, but the actual exercise of resolving to do those resolutions, like that's 
really important. And then doing them is the key. And you don't really need a calendar flip to do them. But for the sake of this, yeah, let's start on January 1st. But if you want to start before then, that's fine too. Anyway, the purpose really of this is going to be me giving you all the goods I got on how to start running the right way, especially given the context of a new year. So some of these, yes, can be translated straight into just starting running, like from scratch or starting over, starting again. But it's also just maybe flipping a couple switches on and off about what's important to you in the new year. So if you're someone who has been running consistently, well, this is a great podcast for you as well. Because not everything in here is about, you know, starting from zero. A lot of this is just, well, what what are we going to do differently now? Now that we have resolved, now that we have, have set resolutions, now that we are committing to this commitment on January 1st, we want to do things differently. Well, okay, this is going to be good for you as well. It's good for everybody. And I'm going to start with something that really is for everyone. It's a reminder, but I think this is the foundation for anything you're going to try to do with running in 2024 or any new year. And that's understanding, acknowledging, coming to terms with the fact that this is supposed to be fun. Like running is supposed to be fun. Yeah, it is. And if it's not fun, you're running for the wrong reasons you're running the wrong way. It could be both. It could be one of them. But something's off. Something is not working because it's supposed to work. I'm not saying it's always supposed to be easy because sometimes it's going to be a struggle. Sometimes it's going to be hard. Any relationship you have is going to have a bit of a roller coaster to it. There will be ups. There will be downs. There will be some sharp turns. You know, There's going to be times when suddenly you're like, did we stall here? Like, Is this part of the ride? Or is the ride broken? And you're going to have to have faith that everything's going to work out. You're going to have to make sure, you know, that the seatbelt's strapped. And if it's a wooden roller coaster, you should be prepared. Because I'll tell you what, like when this thing starts going again and you make that sharp turn, the padding is not as good on the rolling co- on the uh, wooden roller coasters. But it's a bit more fun of a ride, isn't it? Okay, we're going to, you know, leave the roller coaster uh, imagery for a minute. And go back to the original point, which is running is a relationship you have. And you have to understand running wants it to be a positive relationship. Running wants what's best for you. So you have to make sure you're not making running into a villain. You have to make sure you're not abusing the running because it doesn't want you exhausted all the time. It doesn't want you hurting all the time. It doesn't want you hurt, okay? It wants you to get something positive out of it with every run, which means you have to be careful. You have to be responsible with the running. And you're going to have to have some hard conversations with yourself about whether you need a break or whether you need to maybe change the relationship, the tenor of the relationship. Maybe it's getting a little bit too intense or maybe you need to commit more to it. Um, Maybe you need to give a little bit more space, have a little bit more respect for running. And that can mean a lot of different things. Like don't use running the way that running doesn't want to be used. Like running doesn't want to be used as a punishment. It doesn't. It absolutely 100% does not want to be used as a punishment. It doesn't want to be used as a scapegoat. 
like you're upset and you're angry in the rest of your day because the run didn't go well. No, run, running wants no part of that. No. There are going to be runs that are not great. And running is not saying, now use this as an excuse for the rest of your day to not be great. Uh-uh. No. Running's like, look, let's get together. Let's hang out. Let's figure out what the purpose of this run is. What, what do you need to get out of this? You need to get outside. You need to get with your friends. You need to be alone. You need to push yourself. You need to challenge yourself. Um, you need to deal with some doubts that you've got in there. Fantastic. You need to test your faith a little bit. Okay, that's fine. Like, fine. Okay. Running can give it to you. But running also is going to say, is this the best way to do those things? Is there a better way? Um, or maybe today is not the day for a host of other reasons. You just got to get in the habit of having those conversations because if you can do that, if you can have those conversations before the run, what's the purpose of the run? Is this a purpose that I can go after today or should we delay it a day or two? Am I asking too much of the run? Is there a better run I should be doing to achieve this? Is, is this what I really need? right now or is it just what I want right now if you can have these conversations it's really just come down to like how are you doing and what kind of run should I do considering how you're doing well if you can have these conversations the run's going to be better and I'll tell you what the run's going to be more fun like I said doesn't always mean the run's going to be easy but the run's going to be more fun the run's going to be more positive the run's going to be a benefit for you that's just the foundation of all of this. Because if you don't understand that, then the rest of the stuff I have to say doesn't matter. If you're using running as a punishment, if you're using running as a scapegoat, if you're not asking yourself how you're doing, if, if, if you're allowing runs to end with you worse, weaker, less healthy, well, then the running, the, it does, none of this matters. None of this matters. Because you're not having the relationship you need to have with running. Running is a form of play. It's supposed to be fun. There are health benefits. There are emotional benefits. There are mindful benefits. There are so many different things where running can help. But if the relationship is screwed up, none of that stuff matters. So you're going to have to ask yourself and have some good conversations with yourself. That's, that's all I'm saying. Running's supposed to be fun. It's a form of play that can achieve a lot of positive things. If you head into the starting line, if you head towards the starting line, reminding yourself of that, running is a form of play. And if I do this the right way, every run I do can be a positive experience. Like I said, not always easy, but a positive experience. Well, then we can talk about the rest of this podcast, okay? All right, let's do it. So... It's the beginning of the new year. Whew, we're excited. We're fired up. It's January 1st. You're waking up. You're like, let's go. I have all these resolutions. The first thing I want to remind you is to be patient. It's January 1st. You got to check yourself. Or, yes, you may wreck yourself. You have to be patient. Anytime you are making a commitment to anything that's great, epic, badass, you're going to have to be patient because none of that stuff happens immediately. And if you're looking to start running in the new year, start running better in the new year, start running stronger in the new year, start running consistently in the new year, 
you must be patient. It's not easy. Get over it. Running's not always easy. But you're a runner. Or you want to be a runner. And by the way, all you got to do is run to be a runner. Be patient with the process. It's going to take time. This should also take the pressure off you. Too often when I tell people, like, you got to be patient, it just makes them more impatient. And I think it's because they have the pressure that they put on themselves that, like, I'm going to go for a run and my entire life has to change. Well, your entire life has changed from one run. It's just probably going to be an imperceptible change. But it's still progress. It's still change. It just not show up in, I don't know, a mirror or in how the rest of your day goes in some dramatic way. But it doesn't mean everything hasn't changed. It has. But you just want to be patient to be able to see these changes from up close or from far away. It's going to take time. I want that to relieve you of the pressure of these amazing changes that will occur, but they're not going to occur after one run or five runs or 10 runs. And after you've done a thousand runs, the amount of change between 1000 and 1001, imperceptible. But there's going to be a lot of changes between one and 1000. I can guarantee that, especially if you're running the right way for the right reasons. So be patient. And by the way, being patient is a badass talent to have as a runner because patience is really a way to work on your confidence because if you're patient what you're really saying is I believe this is going to work out because I believe in myself that I'm going to work it out so when you're being patient you're also working on your confidence and I'll tell you what that is a powerful little duo there patience and confidence so be patient. So I know I'm starting out with stuff where you're like, well, when are you going to tell me how many minutes I should run? Well, I'm probably not going to tell you how many minutes you should run because that's the least important part of this entire thing. I will tell you it's not that many. But my point is, if you can be patient, you're going to build confidence. And if you can build confidence, you're more likely to be consistent because you're going to have that strength inside you, that belief that self-belief, that's going to be huge. Okay, now if you're, if you're confident and you're patient, I can start talking about goals. I know it's kind of early, but I'm not going to get into so much the specifics so much as the size. I think you should have big goals, and I think you should have teeny, itsy, bitsy goals. You should have mid-sized goals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean all the sizes and you should have lots and lots of them you should have daily goals monthly goals weekly goals yearly goals and here's the thing you should also not consider any of these goals ultimately precious they're just goals they're challenges they're adventures they're journeys and you can adjust them the key is you have the power to form the goals because here's the thing when you're setting lots and lots of goals, little goals and big goals, okay, new goals, okay, there's an opportunity to succeed. Yes, with every goal, there's also the opportunity to fail, which is where the butterflies come from, which is where the excitement comes from. Because here's the thing, your goals should not be all about success. If every goal you set is a guaranteed success, those are not great goals. 
Every goal you set should have the opportunity for success. You're not trying to set yourself up for failure, but you are trying to set yourself up for the opportunity to fail. Because when you do that, you're also setting yourself up for the opportunity to succeed. There has to be both in a goal as far as I'm concerned. If you're only setting up, like I said, guaranteed wins, it's not much of a win. I'm sorry. I don't think so. I think there has to be an opportunity, a challenge, okay? Some type of a barrier that you need to get over. They don't have to all be big barriers, by the way. I mean, you might have heard that, you know, when I'm running, my, my goal each day is to run at least five minutes. It could be 50 minutes, but it's at least five minutes. Could I set a goal of at least 10 minutes? Yes, I could. Is that harder than five minutes? Yes, it is. It's twice as hard. Math, not my strong suit, but I can do the simple stuff. My point is, I set it up as five because I wanted to give myself the opportunity to be successful every day. And as someone who had a hard time being consistent over a long period of time, I knew that just by saying run every day, I was setting myself up for the opportunity to fail because I had not run consistently for weeks and weeks and weeks every single day. But I thought, you know what? Five minutes is enough of a challenge to excite me and it's an opportunity to meet that goal, to achieve that goal. And it also sets me up every day where guess what? I might not run five minutes. Like I told you, did I tell you at the beginning of the run? It's getting kind of late here. It's getting kind of dark. I haven't run yet. So it's not no run. It's still a five-minute run. I still got to get my shoes on. I still got to get outside. I still got to do the darn thing, and I'm going to try to do it. But you need the opportunity, the potential to fail in each of these goals. It will add a level of excitement to the goals. But like I said, they don't have to be massive. I'm, I'm putting together my goals for 2024. Some of them are going to be big and kind of wild and crazy, and some of them are going to be really, really, really small really small. The really small ones are the ones that I'm probably setting myself up to try to do more of. Some of the big ones demand that patience I was talking about because it's going to demand an accumulation of work over weeks or months. And I'm going to have some that I'm probably going to throw away because I'm going to realize, I don't know, middle of January, end of February, beginning of April, this doesn't excite me anymore. I'm not getting anything out of this goal. Or there are other goals that I would rather do, take on, try for than these and these are just getting in the way so i'm going to have the opportunity to make changes so set goals give yourself the luxury to set goals give yourself the grace to change goals and give yourself the ability to play with them move them around go after them and yes not achieve some of them okay this is not a zero-sum game when it comes to goals. If you work towards a goal and don't achieve it, you still did all that work working towards that goal, and that's badass. So that's another thing to start the new year running is set goals, lots of them, and hopefully at the end of this episode, write a whole bunch of them down. I think personally writing them down is a, a pro move. You know what I mean? You can think about them. But if you think about all the stuff you think about, geez, 90% of it you forget. So write it down. Okay, next. Flexibility leads to consistency. Yeah, you heard it. Flexibility leads to consistency. Okay? Flexibility 
leads to consistency. If you want to start running in 2024, you're going to have to be flexible. You cannot have these rigid guidelines for your running. And I'm just telling you, the more rigid, the more inflexible, the more likely you're going to break. Yeah. Now, in Jersey, we would get hurricanes every once in a while. And there were certain trees that were just incredibly stiff. Those were the babies that fell down. And there were a bunch of trees that would just, oh, man, they would bend. And you thought, oh, goodness, this they're like almost like bending down all the way to the ground. But then they would swing back up and they would survive. Now, I'm not an arborist, but... I do know having that flexibility helped. It also helps to have some deep roots and things like that. But the point is, flexibility leads to consistency. Because I'll tell you what, a lot of the special stuff that happens with running happens because you're consistently running. So when I talk to people and they're like, oh, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't feel like I'm getting any fitter or, you know, I'm not getting any faster. I don't feel like my endurance is getting any better. And I'm like, well, tell me a little bit about your running. How much do you run? They're like, oh, well, I mean, I, I hardly run at all. I run like, you know, once every like two weeks, three weeks. And I'm like, well, I think we found out why you're not getting faster, fitter or able to go further you're just you're not running enough you're not running consistently enough and that doesn't mean you have to run consistently far it doesn't mean you have to run consistently fast it doesn't mean you have to run consistently hard what it means is you just have to run consistently and in fact if you can add in diversity here to the training we're going to make greater gains so if you can be flexible with your training and your expectations and the demands and you can bring diversity into your running, and that's another way of being flexible, and I'll show you how they work together in a second, then you're going to be consistent because those two things are best friends with consistency, flexibility and diversity. So, you know, you have scheduled that you want to do your long run on a Tuesday. Well, guess what? The weather's terrible or you're late at work or exams are hard at school. Well, guess what? The world's not over. You don't have to force the long run on Tuesday. Run on, do it on Wednesday, on Thursday, on Friday. You can shake up your entire schedule. It's very rare when you can't shake up the schedule. If you have to miss a speed run one week, who cares? Relax. It's not the end of the world. People miss speed runs, long runs, recovery runs all the time at the highest levels for a host of reasons. They get sick. They twist their ankle, uh, trying out a new dance move. Jesse Owens fell down a flight of stairs the week before the Big Ten meet. That's actually a great story that I'm going to tell sometime. Jesse Owens, just a stud. And I'll tell you what, there's a great book called Triumph, which you should read. It's about Jesse Owens, and we'll do this some other time. But the point is, all sorts of things pop up. Don't think that because it popped up in your life that it means you do not have the ability to change your own schedule. Yes, you do. You absolutely do. And sometimes that change means it just falls out of the schedule. You don't do a long run this week or a speed run this week or you don't run the amount of days you wanted to run this week for a whole host of reasons. It happens. If you allow yourself that flexibility, it means you're going to bend and not break. So when you come back and you say, guess what? I have to do my long run on Thursday. It's not the end of the world. You do the long run on Thursday because some athletes are so rigid. If it doesn't happen, there's this cascading effect where the next run doesn't happen and the next run doesn't happen and the next run doesn't happen because everything broke with that one day not going the way they wanted it to. 
be flexible. And here's the other thing. The diversity in your training allows you to be even more flexible. So maybe you got out of school late and it's really dark and now suddenly the 60-minute run isn't going to happen because you don't feel comfortable because it's so damn dark. Got it. Understand. Okay. Guess what? Do a 5-minute tempo. Do a 10-minute fartlek. Do a 15-minute speed run. Do a 20-minute recovery run. Allow yourself the flexibility to take advantage of the diversity of runs that you can do to get your running in. Okay, I know that you had scheduled a 45-minute recovery run and it turned into a 25-minute tempo run. Fine. Tomorrow you are going to do a speed run. Just do the recovery run tomorrow. Or you're driving home and you realize the traffic is terrible. It's going to take you two hours to get home. And what am I going to do? Well, I know there's a park two exits down that I'm going to get to in 20 minutes. I'll just run at the park. I know it's a hilly run, so I'll back off a little bit. Or or maybe I'll do a hill workout there. Or maybe I know that since it's getting really, really, really late, I can go into uh, downtown Portland and I'll meet with one of the run crews and I'll run with a group of people. And maybe they're doing a workout, maybe they're doing a recovery run, I don't know, but I get to run with some people. And if I had tried to go all the way home, it would have been too late, and I wouldn't get my run in. You can mix things up. Allow for the diversity that running affords you, because it is a sport built on diversity. Not just the diversity of the athletes, but the diversity of the terrain you can run on, the diversity of the type of runs you can do. Take advantage of the gifts the sport is giving you, and that will allow you to be more flexible, which will then allow you to be consistent. And like I said, when you're consistent, that's where the real magic happens. I know I threw a bunch of things in there, diversity, flexibility, consistency, but that's whew, that's a triumvirate you should really pay attention to. Yeah, I used the word triumvirate. Yes, I did. Somebody taught history. Somebody, yes, had to teach about the Romans and the first triumvirate. So whatever, you can look it up on your own time. We're not going to do that right now. Here's another one that's going to help you in the new year. It's the reminder that fast is fun. It's supposed to be fun. It can be fun. It should be fun. Fast is fun. And fast is an option. That's the other part of this. Fast is an option for you. You can run fast. You can do fast things. You can do speed runs. You can do interval workouts. You can race. Yes, you can. You don't have to think, oh, I got to be a certain fitness to race and blah, blah. I pulled that crap for years, not allowing myself the fun of racing, the fun of doing a speed workout on the track or on the trails because I was like, I'm not fit enough to do it. That's garbage. You're fit enough to run fast. And I'll tell you what, when you go, no, I'm not, I'm super slow. Well, if you're super slow, that means you're also fast. Because slow has to be in comparison to something else. So if you're running slow, that means you can run faster. You're just running slow, which is fine. It's just a measurement of speed that you're basing it off using this word to describe it. It's just a pace and an effort. That's fine. But you could run harder. You could run faster. Maybe not for really long. Maybe not for a high volume. But you can. So have fun with that. Maybe that means you're doing, you know, repeats of 30 seconds at uh, what you would consider fast. And that could be based on like a 7 out of 10 effort or it could be a race pace, whatever. And you're doing it for 30 seconds. And then you recover for a minute and a half by walking or a very, very light jog. And then you do another 30 seconds. And you're just doing this in your neighborhood. And then you take another 90 seconds. And you do this four or five times. 
That's an interval workout. That's 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 an interval workout. That's all it is. That's all us coaches think up is just bursts of speed at a certain effort in relation to your recovery run pace or your easy running pace. So we know like, well, normally you run with a 5 out of 10 effort. So for this amount of time or this amount of distance, we want you to run for like a 7 out of 10 effort. And then we're going to give you a, you know this amount of time or this amount of distance to recover. And then we're going to make you do it again. That's it. It's not rocket science. It's not. It's that simple. And you can play with that knowledge. And you can have fun. Go back to early memories, running around and laughing. Not running around because you were punished at gym class. Not running around because, you know, you felt like you had to do this to make a team and there was a lot of pressure on you. Think about running around a playground having fun. That can be the basis for your next workout. Go out and have fun for X amount of distance, X amount of meters, miles, minutes, whatever. Then recover for a little bit and then have another burst of fun. Okay? Just just do that. How long do you want to have fun for? 30 seconds? Okay. Go have fun running for 30 seconds. Go. Boom. Lots of fun. Lots of speed. Okay. Now we're going to take a break. Okay. How long do you want to be fun now? Oh, now we're going to do distance? Okay. We're going to do 80 meters of fun. Okay. Let's take a little break. That's all an interval workout is. It can be more focused. It can even be a little bit more serious. But it should always be fun. And you should always be playing with speeds. And those speeds represent different characters within your body as far as I'm concerned. Like when you're running a 6 out of 10, you're a certain character. When you're running a 7 out of 10, you're a certain character. When you're running 9 out of 10, you're a different character. When you're running 10 out of 10, it's a slightly different version of you that lives inside you. It's a wild and crazy one. And it's a lot of fun. And it's, it's just nuts. And that's great. Let that character out. Let them play for a little while. So make sure you're incorporating some fast. It could be strides, could be workouts, could be little bursts in the midst of a recovery run. You you could have some kind of deal where you're like, you know what? More often than not, the last minute when I come home, I just throw down. Great. Have fun. Whatever. Who cares? Because if, if you're enjoying it, you're going to do it more. All right? So that's, that's all. That's That's all I'm trying to say. And I know that I mentioned like you can race, but I'll tell you what, if you want your running in 2024 to keep going, then you should test yourself. You should allow yourself the fun to test yourself, to challenge yourself, to really play running at its in its ultimate game atmosphere, which is a certain amount of time, certain amount of distance. Just go. What can you do? And it doesn't always have to be all out. It can be strategy. You can say, I'm going to... Um, you know, take it out easy, and then I'm going to push in the middle and then see if I can hold on at the end. Because at this community 5K race, or there's a 3K in the park, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out real hard and then see if the wheels fall off. Or I'm going to take it really easy for the first 2K, and then I'm going to see how many people I can pass for the last 1K or how hard I can push for the last 1K. Or, you know, every couple of months I go to the track and I do a 1,500-meter time trial just for fun. Like, fantastic. That's awesome. Test yourself. You know, I think because of the way that we've sometimes been taught to look at certain things, we can we can kind of create these monsters that that don't exist. Even the word like testing, 
like test yourself. Like we sometimes people have a bad connotation and I get it about tests because it brought anxiety and all those things. And I think if you allow yourself to redefine some of these things in your life, like, no, I'm not going to allow running to turn into some intense, terrifying, uh, positivity drain of an exam what I'm going to do is I'm going to look at it as a way for me to positively push and challenge myself to put myself out there to see how far I can go until I just I'm exhausted gloriously exhausted and there are so many different ways that you can do that like I said that flexibility and diversity it's the same thing with racing it's not always about the clock sometimes it can just be about the effort like I said it could be about strategy or tactics it could be about you know seeing if you can just find those weaknesses that you have and that's the goal of the race I used to just be terrible at hills in a race just it would psych me out and honestly what I did was later on I looked at the hills as you know what, I'm going to flip the script a little bit and the hills are now going to be the most exciting, challenging part in a good way every time I race and every time I train. I went in and thought, how can I do this hill better? I made it the focal point of my runs and my races. In the past, I would try to like, I would do almost the opposite, which wasn't working. Because I was like, oh, here comes a hill. I'm just, I don't want to think about it. I'm not going to do anything. It's terrible. I'm so bad at hills. As opposed to being like, you know what? Hills are my weakness. Okay, let's see if I can do this a little better. And that's how I tested myself. I actually put a spotlight on my weaknesses and I embraced those weaknesses. And the funny thing is, is when I put my arms around these weaknesses, I realized something very important. I can get my arms around these things. They're not bigger than me. They're smaller than me, which was a revelation Because I'd been living my life thinking these weaknesses were bigger than me, more powerful than me, and they weren't. They were a part of me. They were not entirely me, which meant there was more to me than these weaknesses. And I got my arms around them, and I embraced them, I got to know them, and I worked on them, and suddenly it became a part of the sport for me. It was was an opportunity for me to work on weaknesses in a safe place running I can work on my hills I can work on the fact that I'm lazy I can work on the fact that I'm inconsistent I can work on the fact that I'm lacking confidence here while I'm running so don't be afraid to test yourself have fun with it you get to define these things and if they used to have a pretty negative definition work on them and redefine them I'm not telling you it's gonna be easy to do but it's something you can do okay Another way to make your new year running better, remember that strength training makes you stronger. There you go. I love honest marketing. You know that strength training makes you stronger. And I did a whole episode on strength training. So I'm not going to go into overwhelming detail here. I'm just going to say you don't need much to get stronger. You don't. You can work on balance and you can have body weight exercises and you can get stronger. You throw in some core work in there too, rock and roll. You don't even need any weights. You need your body weight that you can play with, doing lots of different exercises. You need a floor, a wall, a bench. That's that's just about it. 
Core exercise, you got a ton of those that you can do. Standing up or on the floor. And balancing exercises. Like I said, again, all you need is access to a floor, which you've got. Look around. So remember, strength training makes you stronger. And it's going to make your running stronger. And it's going to make you a harder individual to get hurt. And if you're not getting hurt as much or at all, you're going to be able to run consistently. And like I said, consistency is where the magic happens. So just remember that. You can incorporate it in throughout the day. And it doesn't always have to be this like 60-minute routine. It can be five minutes here and seven minutes here and six minutes here and another five minutes there spread out over a couple of days. You can do a little bit of strength training every day, or you could have two or three days where you do 10 minutes of strength training or 15 minutes of strength training, but it's not all in a row. Again, flexibility and diversity. Same thing with strength training. You want to have flexibility in how you're doing this and how you're asking yourself and challenging yourself to do the strength training and have diversity in the exercises. And that leads me to my next thing, because what you want to do is not let the running go stale. And I'm bringing it up now because I just talked about strength training. Don't let your strength training get stale. You want to mix it up. That diversity is important because if you can keep your running fresh, you're going to keep the running and the runner from going stale. All right, I could go on and on and on about strength training. But like I said, there's an entire episode on strength training. Just mix it up. Have some fun with it. You don't have to go out and invest you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars in gear. You've got all the gear you need with the body you've got. Okay, if you want to up it later on and do more complicated stuff, more focused strength training, fine. But early on, what, why, why, why do you need to do that? Just relax, do some push-ups, do some flamingos, you know, work on your hip flexors. None of this stuff involves any kind of stuff other than your body in the floor. So pump the brakes on freaking out about strength training. You can incorporate it into your life. It's not going to take a lot of time, and you can do it. All right, here's another piece of advice so your running is even better, stronger, happier, more consistent in 2024. Allow yourself to laugh and scream and cry and celebrate and get pissed off and be relaxed and be peaceful and confused and frustrated and thankful and grateful and happy and sad. Feel all the feels. You will run better. I'm telling you, you will run better. I've seen it. I've seen people that are like, I'm going to pretend that I'm not frustrated. I'm going to act like I'm not confused. I'm going to pretend that I'm not sad. I'm not going to allow myself to cry. I'm not going to laugh because I need to be serious and I need to carry myself. And Even though I want to laugh because that's very funny. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. If you want to guarantee that your running is not as good as it should be, don't allow yourself to feel your feelings. Uh Uh-huh. You have emotions. What are you doing? Allow them to come out. Here, I'll give you I'll give you an example. There are going to be few things that you can do that will help you recover better than a great laugh or a great cry. I mean, yes, maybe a great sleep, but short of a great sleep, a really great hardcore laugh. Oh, where you just You've lost yourself to the hilarity and it's a belly laugh and your face is hurt. Like when that's done and you realize just how tired you are from laughing, but just how unbelievably relaxed you are, 
Same thing with a cry. You build up enough stuff and you don't allow yourself to have the release of a cry, you are not going to run as well as you could. Your body has these these abilities to release stress, to deal with stress. And by not doing those things like laughing and crying and sharing how you're feeling with someone, well, you're just keeping all that in. And that's not what you're supposed to do. Give yourself the grace to laugh and to cry and to express your feelings and to fully experience your emotions, okay? It's going to lead to a better run. But this is about running, and this is absolutely not about running. Okay, I got a couple more for you. Make sure in 2024 you have situations where you're the least important person in the room. I think this is huge for better running. Put yourself in situations where you walk into the room and you're the least important person in the room. Now listen, hear me out here. I didn't say you're not important. I didn't say that. I said put yourself in a situation where you're the least important person in the room. And I'll tell you some situations where that may be the case. When I'm coaching and I walk into a room, I consider myself the least important person in the room. I'm there to serve others. I'm there to help others. I look at myself not as unimportant. I'm incredibly important. But for what I'm doing, the task I have at hand, my responsibility, I'm the least important person in the room. I'm there to serve the athlete. It is a beautiful experience to look around and consider the people around you as people you're responsible for, people that you are there to help where you are not the center of attention. You're not the most important person in the room. You're an important person in the room. But you are looking at the other people as more important. Now, they may be looking at you. They may think you're the most important person in the room. That's great. That's fantastic. But while I'm in that room, I'm not. You are. I'm there to help you. I'm there to serve you. And this can be a host of different things. You could be volunteering somewhere. You could be a teacher. You could be a teammate. You could be a coach. You could be a family member. And this is the cool thing. If we all thought this way, then we'd all be the most important people in the room at different times. And we'd all be there to help each other. Isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? It really is. But I'll tell you what, it will help your running. Because the ability to help other people the blowback you get from that is amazing. It's unbelievable. It's, it is empowering. It is a positive stressor in your life. It is something that reminds you that you are vital. Not just vital meaning alive, but you are vital to other people. And those are great things to have in your life. Those are great bulwarks against just how brutal life can be sometimes. They are great reminders that you have something to offer. You have something that you can give to other people. That's pretty amazing. So try to put yourself in positions where you're the least important person in the room, which leads me to my next point, which will help you have better running and start running better and start to have more positive running experiences, and that's 
take care of yourself. It is not a selfish act to take care of yourself. In fact, if you want to be selfless, if you want to be able to help others, if you want to be able to serve others, if you want to be able to go out there and really make a positive difference in other people's lives, in the world, you need to be able to take care of yourself so you can best do those other things. You have to take care of yourself. You know, it's funny. Every time that I sit in the exit row on a plane, a attendant comes up, and what do they say to everyone in the row? One, they ask if we're willing to help. And then they will tell us a couple of things. They'll say, you know, if we lose oxygen, a mask will fall down. Put the mask on yourself first before you help others. Now, why is that? It's not because the people around you aren't important. It's not because they want you to save yourself. What they know is if you can get the mask on you, you'll have access to oxygen. That access to oxygen will allow you to have what it takes, the strength to help others. Take care of yourself, not at the expense of others, for the benefit of others and for the benefit of yourself. If you can do that, you're going to run better in 2024, whether you're starting to run, starting over, starting again, or just continuing. You will run better if you're taking care of yourself. So ask yourself that most important question that a coach can ask an athlete and do it every single day. How are you doing? Be honest. Don't lie to yourself. What a colossal waste of time. Ask yourself how you're doing and pay attention to the answer. Okay, we're going to wrap this up because I I still have to run, by the way. Nothing's changed. I still have to run. And we're getting close to the end of the year. I want to do a a whole bunch of stuff at the end of the year. I want to send a whole bunch of things out. I'm getting all excited about that. And I'm starting to ramble now. But I've got one more thing. And that is be open to celebrating more. You hear me say it all the time. Celebrate that you started a run. Celebrate that you kept running. Celebrate that you finished a run. I'm not saying this to come across as like, it's all puppy dogs and ice cream. I'm saying it because it's actually really great coaching. And I'll tell you why. If you can celebrate more, if you can find things to celebrate, you're going to experience more success because you're going to be finding more success. And if you're finding more success, you're going to be ending your runs more confident, more motivated, more inspired, more likely to come back to the starting line. And I know as a coach, if I can get you to come back, I can get you better. And if I can get you to come back again, I can get you better. And if I can keep doing that, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get better. And if you're celebrating more on this journey to betterment, you're going to have more fun. You're going to be more confident. You're going to be developing things like patience. You're going to experience more joy. You're going to be able to get through harder and harder things. There will be ups. There will be downs. There will be stumbles. There will be falls. There will be breakdowns, but there will be breakthroughs. There will be losses, but there will be victories. You will experience it all. You're going to be laughing. You're going to be crying. You're going to be screaming at the top of your lungs. You're going to get frustrated. You're going to realize that you have strength and power. That's what I'm talking about. Celebrate it. Yeah, this is about running. Yes, this is not about running. 
More importantly, this is about you. All of you. The entirety of you. Nothing gets left behind at the starting line. So be open. Be open to celebrating more. Be open to even celebrating the fact that you made it through this podcast. I'm celebrating the fact that you made it through this podcast. That's why I'm thanking you right now. Thank you for listening to episode 30, the last episode of 2023. Thank you for joining me this year. Thank you for subscribing to the podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, come on, subscribe to the freaking podcast. You know what I'm talking about? Thank you for rating and reviewing the podcast. Come on. If you haven't done that yet either, come on. And just thank you for being a great teammate to yourself and to others. I cannot tell you how excited I am for 2024. Actually, I can. I'm very excited for 2024. I can't wait to take this even further with all of you. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And take care of yourself. Take care of each other. And I'll meet you on your next starting line. Thank you so much for listening to Coach Bennett's podcast today. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening, well, I really wish you would because it helps a lot. Also, check out the show notes because you'll find a link to Coach Bennett's newsletter as well as all the social media sites that I'm on. Places like Threads and Facebook, Instagram and Mastodon and YouTube and even the artist formerly known as Twitter, whatever that dumpster fire is called today. You'll find a link to it because I'm on there. Thank you so much again for listening. And until next time, take care of yourself.